0: Psalm 46.10, we actually just sung it. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Just one verse today, pretty simple. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So last time I had the opportunity to preach on Father's Day, my oldest daughter, Aurora, had just been born. And they thought, what a great idea. Send the new father up there. Let him preach and speak about the awesome things that it is to be a father. And it was weird because I'm like, she's just born. I don't really have much to talk about, about being a dad. Um, I kind of jokingly like, the best advice I have right now is let him look at a fan. Because that's what appeases her right now is watching the fan spin. Um, But it was one of the most interesting moments we had shortly after we had brought Aurora home is we had her and she was resting in kind of one of those rockers in the living room and me and Courtney were just kind of relaxing on the couch watching a show, I think, and just kind of being quiet. We kind of forgot there was a baby in the room because she was so quiet. She was asleep. We were quiet. Things were kind of relaxed. And all of a sudden, Aurora made a little... Chirp, baby noise, whatever, squawk. We're like, oh, somebody sent us home with a baby. <laughs> Our lives are different now. Let's, let's not forget that. But anybody who's been a parent or a father for long knows those moments of silence with children don't last very long. Especially once we had another, they really became few and far between to find and as a parent, I've discovered that silence, focus, and being alone with your thoughts are very hard to come by. And with two kids, more often it feels like I'm just being talked at than listened to. It's a lot of, look what I can do. Watch this. Listen to what I learned today. And the second, like, oh, hey, I've got something important to tell you. The eyes glaze over. They start to ignore me. Can we go outside now? Can I go watch TV? Even in adult relationships, I think sometimes it can feel hard to feel like we're truly heard and listened to and understood. When those miscommunications and things come up, we have to talk even more to work through it. Now, don't get me wrong. Communication is essential to any good relationship. We need to talk. We need to share. We need to hear from each other. We need to listen when somebody's talking to us to truly understand what they're trying to express. But have you ever been in one of those moments where you didn't have to say anything, and you knew that you were safe, you were loved, you were deeply understood? Growing up in church, I heard a lot of prayers, and it was always phrased as, you're talking to God. With that kind of prayer, I think we can devolve a little bit into kind of my kids' relationship sometimes of just talking at God. God, I need this. Look at this, God. Look what I can do. God, help. I hurt myself. I need something. And then when we're done talking, we run off without giving God much space. Hey, God, thanks. I'm going to go play outside now. I'm going to go watch TV. What if we allowed ourselves to be in a silent space with God? Well, we didn't feel like we had to fill that space with words or deeds You didn't have to say anything, and you knew that you were safe with God. You were loved by God. You were completely known, understood, and upheld by God. Today in our off-road disciplines, we're going to talk about the practice of centering prayer, which may be a new idea and a practice for some of you. Centering prayer is a type of prayer that's offered in silence. We don't say anything. We don't offer words, and we lean into completely who God is and who God says that we are. It sounds easy because we're not talking or doing anything, but it's actually one of the most difficult, and it can be the most fruitful. Through one simple verse in the Psalms that we've already read today, we're going to see, I think, that God wants us to turn down the volume in our own lives so that we can focus more on him. And through the practice of centering prayer, we're going to learn how God wants us to open up the windows of our hearts and minds to let him come in. And finally, like with any good preaching about a practice, we're going to do a little bit of it at the end when I'm done speaking to practice what we just talked about. So let me pray for us. God, today as we discuss this first, discuss this discipline of centering prayer, I pray that you would open up the hearts and minds of all of those who are listening here and those who are listening online, that they would be able to hear the message for for them today and that they would be able to learn and understand about this practice of centering prayer and hopefully find ways to integrate it into their lives and into their disciplines and walk with you. I ask this in your name. Amen. So Psalm 46:10 again, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. Now I think it's interesting we just sang the hymn that has these words in it. And when we sang it, it was kind of like oh, sweet and slow and loving and whenever I've heard this verse preached on or talked about, it's always that kind of slow, loving talk almost like The hushed whispers of a father trying to put their child to sleep. Just be still, be quiet, go to sleep. The reality of this verse, though, if you read the whole psalm, is very different. The psalm bounces back and forth between scenes of chaos and like nations are in uproar and reminders of God's strength. Psalm 46, verses 2 and 3 says, Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, tumult. Shaking, and the earth is shaking, almost wrestling against God. Psalm 46, 6, Nations are in uproar, kingdoms are overthrown. That's scary. And even God's actions are a bit intense in this psalm. Verses 8 through 9, right before this verse. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns shields with fire. It doesn't sound very peaceful. Calming. Then you get to this verse. Be still and know that I am God. I feel like it'd be a bit of whiplash if that's the idea behind it was kind of that calming, peaceful father amidst all the chaos and stuff coming in, just be like, shh, shh be quiet, be quiet. Nobody would hear that. they just keep on going. The reality is, and even in the Hebrew behind this, it's almost like God is coming in and shouting, be quiet! All of this stuff, stop. It's not worth a thing. Know who is in completely control. I am God and I will be exalted. If you want to envision God as a father, this is God as the stereotypical dad putting his foot down. Game over, friends. This is it. I'm the one in charge. I don't know if you've seen the movie Inside Out, where they have like, you know, the 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 emotions in the head, and one time you get a picture into the dad's head, and he's got a button. And it's like, the put the foot down, button. And at one point in it, they're like, we're going to DEFCON 5. Boom, they push the button. The foot is down. Yeah. Yeah. The, the New English translation translates this phrase as, not be still and know, but it says, stop your striving and recognize that I am God. The common English Bible translates it as, that's enough. Now know that I am God. The idea here is not just stopping to take a break, to take a breather. It's a full-on letting go. Like if we listen to what God wants us to do in this, it's stop messing around. Stop wrestling, stop striving, stop working so hard, stop thinking that you're the best thing on earth. This is Jesus, if you want an image of Jesus, coming up from the boat when the storm is raging and the disciples are straining at the oars and he goes to the front of the boat and he talks to the waves, he says, peace, be still, stop. And everything calms down and what are the disciples caught in? Awe and wonder of who Jesus is and what he can do. It's in that giving up, when we hear the voice of God saying, stop, that we are invited into silence and peace to more fully perceive the exalted glory of God, and so that we might, like the disciples of Jesus, be caught up and filled with that great awe and wonder of God and who he is. In a way, this giving up and being silent before God is almost like a mini Sabbath. In the Sabbath, and the way the, the Israelites practiced it, was you stopped working. You gave up everything so that you could focus completely on God for a time. When we let go of our striving, even our words, and we have to rely on God to fill in what we've let go of. We stop trying to take control where we shouldn't be. We stop wrestling, and we trust God to just let God bless us with who we are. So what's one of the ways we can do this? Like my chemistry professor in high school used to say, I'm glad you asked. So we're going to talk about centering prayer is one of the ways we can do this. It's one of the ways that we can attempt to lean more fully on God and not on ourselves. It's a way to lean into what some people call the fascinating mystery of God and who God is. That's why I like it to the image of opening up the windows of our hearts and minds. It's been super hot lately. I don't know if you've noticed. But there's that moment in the evening when it cools down just enough. And you can open up the windows and open up the doors and you let that breeze in. And you don't have to do anything to enjoy that. Just open up to it, right? So what is centering prayer? Well, it goes by a few names. One is obviously centering prayer. There's also contemplative prayer. The fancy word for it is apophatic prayer. You can take that to your next dinner party. Apophatic prayer is the idea, and this whole thing is the idea of prayer without words, Apophatic comes from the Greek word to deny, and so we are denying our reliance on words and in expressing that in our prayers. It's like we talked about the idea of we're taking a Sabbath from words. We don't need them. We can let them go. Or maybe you might think of it as a fast from using words for a time. Compared to the other way that we're familiar with praying, in using our words, the fancy word for that is cataphatic prayer, And that's the idea to affirm, like we're using prayer, we're using words, we're affirming our use of words and ideas and content to pray. We're not denying ourselves the use of those things, but we are affirming and embracing our words. So centering prayer is we silently and intentionally focus our minds on God so that we can be fully present and open to hear what God might want to say to us. It's not offering our prayer and running away. It's just walking into the room to be present with God and waiting. It's like the story of Mary and Martha and with Jesus from the Gospel of Luke. If you remember it, Mary is at the feet of Jesus, and Martha is running around preparing things, making food, because everybody's over at her house. She's probably worried that it's going to be a mess, and she wants to make sure things look right for the disciples and Jesus. And Martha sees that Mary is doing nothing. Ugh. So she goes over to Jesus and says, Jesus, can you tell Mary to get up and help me? There's a lot of work to be done. What does Jesus tell Martha? He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. Are we worried and distracted by many things? There is need of only one thing, and Mary has chosen the better part. To sit at the feet of Jesus, to be present, to listen, and to not worry. So I want to affirm one thing this is just but one way to pray. It's not the only way, it's not a better way, it's not just the one only way you should. It's one way. Some can easily embrace this method, and for some, it will be difficult. That's why we call it a discipline we got to work at it, right? we got to get better. And I think we can all benefit from practicing and working at this. And this comes from a long history of Christian tradition. The Desert Fathers, those monks who left the cities and went into the desert hundreds of years ago, started this because they felt like they wanted to get away from the distractions of the world because they felt like that was messing with their relationship with God and with Jesus. And they said, hey, let's go out in the desert where there's nobody there no distractions, and we can sit and wait for God. And because of their work out there, so many Christians who were in the city said, wait a second, that seems nice. So they went out and they learned about it and asked about it. And then through the medieval period and all the way up today, Christians have been practicing this in some form or, or another. So how do we do it? There are some steps, some basic steps. If you are familiar with the book Prayer by Richard Foster, these are the three steps he kind of outlines in it. If you look it up online, there's other stuff you can do from other teachers who have taught it as well, but I'm going to focus on uh, Foster's ideas. The first step, he says, is the idea of recollection, or the, he says the Quakers call this centering down. It's letting go of all competing distractions until we are truly present where we are. Simple ways you can do this, just sit comfortably, close your eyes, relax. Some some people encourage you to choose a word or a phrase that kind of supports your intention to be still and be quiet. Some use a simple prayer. One is the Jesus prayer, which is very simply, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you use this phrase or this word to return to you whenever you feel your mind being distracted or that you're moving into somewhere else other than God's presence. You can choose a simple or even a meaningless word for you. Branch, anchor, dirt. Something that's not going to mess with you or make you think about too many other things. Now, this isn't a mantra or some kind of meditation thing where you need to keep repeating this thing in order to stay focused. No, you're using it to return yourself to the silence and to the presence of God. And whenever you feel your mind wandering, you bring yourself back to that. And, newsflash, your mind will wander, you will be distracted. We're humans, it happens. And so we need to acknowledge and release those thoughts and distractions and frustrations to God. It's an opportunity not only to find intimacy with God but to have a little grace with ourselves as we grow in this. Distractions will come. We shouldn't beat ourselves up about it. Uh one of those desert fathers by the name of Abbot Moses, he says that when this happens, we should admit that it is la- that our mind has lapsed from the highest good. And when our gaze has wandered ever so little from him, let us turn the eyes of the soul back to him and recall our mental gaze as in a perfectly straight direction. That whenever that happens, we just go right back. Whatever the word is, whatever the phrase is, let us, let us draw that back to Jesus and to God. Second step, after we collect ourselves and, and get settled. Is entering into what Teresa of Avila called the prayer of quiet. We enter into a listening stillness where you can hear and let God speak to you and you're not worried about the words that you're offering and what you might need to say. We offer no words, no thoughts or ideas. We place ourselves in a position only to listen and receive. You might imagine yourself putting up a giant satellite dish on your heart where it's just open to receive whatever God is wanting to send you and you don't have to work about it. We are also encouraged that through grace and through God working in our lives we have a teachable spirit in this moment so that any word from God can come and it will affect us and guide us into the deeper truth of who God is and what he wants for us. We must be open to receive and learn. We shouldn't push back and resist this. Remember, we're letting go. We are ceasing our striving. We are snuggling in, you will, if you will, towards God. And finally, the last moment, uh, which you may or may not find, depending on how far you get, is this phrase, spiritual ecstasy, is what Richard Foster says. It's being caught up almost like Paul talking about him being caught up into the you know, layers of heaven, that as we enter into this prayer, there are moments where we're going to feel like we're fully with God, like we're hanging out with God. It's a fleeting experience. It's not the staple expectation. We shouldn't expect this to happen all the time. And it's not something that we do or something that we've like, used our strength to drag us into, but it is God offering that relationship to us. It is God responding to us. It's something that God gives. We may not get there all the time, but we know from our Bibles and from church history that some of those who came before us found that space with God, and it was beautiful. Now, I know you all came here to hear me speak, That's not what I'm here for today, though. So we're going to take five minutes. Really, we should take ten, but I've been instructed by a very important person in my life, my wife, give them just five. Okay. So we're going to take five minutes, and here's what I want you to do. Sit comfortably. These chairs are great for that. You can close your eyes. You can open your eyes, whatever that is for you. Relax yourself, quiet your mind, realize that you're entering into a space to find more fullness of love with God, more faith in God, and to feel more grace from God. Choose whatever that sacred word or that centering word for you is or phrase. Again, you can use the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Which isn't a bad way to say, something to say after you feel like your mind has been distracted. Or a verse that you have memorized, something, something that's good for you. Then remember, that's just a, a thing to bring you back. Don't feel like you have to keep repeating it, but it's a way to bring you back into presence with God. And whenever you become aware that you've been distracted, thoughts, feelings, anything else, let that go, return to the, the verse or the, or the phrase that you've said, and we'll do that for five minutes. And then at the end of it, I will offer the Jesus prayer and I'll conclude our time. So, the clock starts now. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me as sinner. Amen. Does that feel weird for anybody? No.. We don't come to church to just sit and be quiet, typically. It can feel weird. But I think it's a great moment, right? We don't have to do anything. We don't have to try. We don't have to work. We have to work at our minds a little bit, just to get us focused on God. Secret, that was six minutes. I gave you an extra minute. Um, Earlier this week, I was watching the Giants game on TV. I'm not much of a baseball guy, but I'm starting to learn that this church is a baseball church. So I'm trying to, like, learn a little bit. Like, I enjoy it, but whatever. So I had it on in the background while I was, like, doing some other stuff around the house, and everybody was home. And at one point, Hannah came up to me. She's like, Daddy, come sit on the couch with me and watch baseball. I was like, mm, I'm kind of doing stuff. And she, came up and she said, Daddy. Sit on the couch with me and watch baseball. Okay. So I did. We watched baseball. We didn't talk. She snuggled into me and we sat there. She probably didn't understand anything that was happening in the game. But it was the daddy, come sit with me. That's what this is, friends. It's us going to God, saying, daddy, come come sit with me. And God's saying, I've been waiting for so long. Yes. And hopefully in those moments you can hear something from God. The whisper, the gentle whisper amidst the raging seas and the distractions of life and everything that's going on around you when you take those moments to let that all go and let God fill that in when you turn down the volume in your life, in your heart, in your mind, when you open up those windows of your heart and lean in and snuggle into God and not worry about the words you're saying or what you're bringing to God, but stepping into a small 5, 10, 20-minute Sabbath of sorts, relying solely on God to fill in the gaps, to meet you where you're at, and that you can be open and okay with the quiet. with God. Let me pray. God, I thank you just for my friends here, my friends online watching. Um, I thank you for this time that we get to come together and talk and share, but also just to be quiet and to listen and to sit in your presence, to feel your love overflowing in our hearts and minds as we let the distractions of the world go. I pray that as we sing some more songs and as we go out from here eventually that we would carry that with us, that peace and that love and that anybody that we interact with would feel that and know that we have been changed because we have sat silently in your presence today. I ask this in your name. Amen.
1: Este